If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It was a crisp morning. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In Yellowstone National Park, and as a park ranger, I was excited to embark on my usual hike to Old Faithful Trail. Little did I know that this hike would change my life and challenge my beliefs in the most bizarre way. 
as I followed the familiar path and noticed an odd atmosphere in the air as if a static charge hung heavy around me. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but something felt off. The further I ventured, the more uneasy I felt. Hidden behind a thicket of trees and bushes, I caught a glimpse of movement near the water. My curiosity peaked. I inched closer, careful not to make a sound. What I saw left me baffled and terrified. A large, dog-like creature with mismatched parts stood by the water's edge. Its body was an amalgamation of various animals, and its behavior was even stranger. It cleaned itself in the water, much like a cat, and the sound it made was a chilling combination of laughter and growling. The creature then swam across the water, and what happened next defied everything I knew about the natural world. It stood on its hind legs and climbed the rocks alongside the waterfall with the agility and grace of a human. It was running over eighty miles per hour. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing, and fear rooted me to the spot. After that encounter, I couldn't bring myself to hike alone. I knew that if I ever encountered the creature again, I needed a witness to corroborate my story. My colleagues dismissed my account, and their disbelief only fueled my determination to prove the creature's existence. Months passed, and I grew increasingly frustrated by my inability to find the creature again. I spent every spare moment searching for any trace of its presence. Despite the skepticism and ridicule from others, I refused to give up. One day, while I was hiking with a fellow ranger, I spotted something that reignited my hope. Near the same spot where I had first encountered the creature, I discovered an unusual set of tracks. A mix of paw prints and... Human! Like footprints. My heart raced as I showed my companion the evidence. Finally, someone else had seen what I had been searching for all this time. Together, we continued our search for the elusive creature. Though the journey was long and arduous, our determination never wavered. The creature remained hidden, but the evidence we found kept us going. And as more people began to believe in our quest, I knew that one day we would finally uncover the truth about the mysterious being that haunted the trails of Yellowstone National Park. During high school, I spent a year in southern Japan as a foreign exchange student. My host family lived in a pretty rural area. I liked to go for walks in the woods, but most of the time my family wouldn't come with. Everybody is really scared of ghosts, and apparently the mountains are all haunted. Once when I was walking with another exchange student, we saw an old man in the middle of a grove heading down the hill towards me. He was dressed like a farmer, but in old traditional style clothes, which was not terribly unusual in that area and had a sickle over one shoulder. The weird thing was, when we greeted him, he didn't seem to notice. He didn't loom up at all and just kept going. We joked about him being a ghost, but he probably was just an ancient farmer who didn't give two shits. I want to start out by saying I wasn't there to see it. This event happened three years ago at Yosemite National Park to two new friends of my parents. The couple is from Sweden and only has been living in the United States for two years, but are very active and experienced hikers. 
Being unfamiliar to Yosemite's geography, they hire a hiking guide. I forget if they were taking a break on the hike or taking a picture when the tour guide fell several hundred feet off the side of the mountain. The wife tries to go down to rescue Prar check the tour-slash-hiking guide, but fell roughly forty feet on loose rock and broke her tibia. The husband has to hike back three hours down the mountain and out of the forest to find help, and then bring a rescue team to back to where his wife and the guide had fell at while being very unfamiliar with the national park. The husband and the rescue team found the women and guide right before night fell. Unfortunately, the guide was found dead. I really can't say if the death was quick or agonizing. I was walking up a trail about six miles in, and I see through the trees ahead of me a light-colored object in a clearing by a dead tree. As I get closer, the object starts to take shape, and I realize it's a person. As I get really close, I realize the person is not wearing a stitch of clothes. He does, however, have a backpack on. I stop say, Hey, how's it going? He proceeds to tell me about how the deer stole all his clothes during the night, leaving him with only his backpack and a hat. I've known deer to eat holes in people's stuff, even chew on saddle leather to get to the salt, but this seemed excessive. I offered the guy assistance, but he declined. All I could think about was this guy's got six more miles to go to the trailhead, and he's gonna do it stark-ass naked with a backpack and a hat, and that's it. I was born and raised in Aliceville, Alabama, about a garter mile from the city park. In 1958, I was 14 years old. I played in the woods south of the park and swam in the creek nearly every day. One afternoon, just before dark, I had been down near the creek at a small pond. This was before the city built sewer lagoon on that property. At that time, there was a twenty or so acre sagebrush patch there where they had not cultivated for years. That afternoon, while walking from the lake back across the west end of that field, I saw something walking a path along the eastern end. At first, I thought it to be a huge man. That five-foot-tall sagebrush was striking at about the waist. It was in plain sight for about fifty yards and turned and went back into the wood. It must have been eight feet tall and walked with its head slightly bent forward, very dark in color. I could tell it was the same color from waist to the top of its head. The longer I looked, I knew it wasn't human. I ran home and told my parents, but I don't think they believed me. I never went in those woods alone again until I was much older. When a friend sent me your sighting on the net and I saw all Seville on it, I had to tell my story. Several years ago, a friend and I stumbled across a scene from a horror movie. We had been taking weekend surf trips out to the coast over the summer, and one spot we'd been going to, we had a run in. Some locals had left us not wanting to go back to that spot. I spent some time looking at maps and Google Earth trying to find new spots. A large portion of the coast is wilderness where I am, so finding roads and access to the coast can be tricky. Found a road that was the access road for an old, no longer active landfill that got quite cloaked. 
The next time we went surfing, the waves were just so mellow it wasn't even worth getting in the water. So we decided to go scout this road I had found. Found the turn off the main highway and not far from the highway encountered a gate blocking the road, but there was tracks that went around the gate through the forest. Pretty rough, but our vehicle managed it fine. Continued along this gravel road for another five-ish minutes before we started encountering bits of trash just kind of scattered along and in the road. It was also pretty apparent this road hadn't been used or maintained in a while as the forest was starting to reclaim it, branches and brush making the road quite narrow. Pretty soon we arrived at a clearing that was the landfill, large unnatural hill with bits of trash poking out of it. The road kept going a bit farther and soon terminated in a turnaround with room for several cars to park. We got out and we're poking around trying to figure out how to get down to the water. This particular bit of coastline is quite cliffy and you could tell the forest between us and the ocean was very steep. You could see the ocean through the trees, but you could also couldn't see the shore because of how steep the terrain was. We had our dogs with us, and they found a trail pretty quickly, so we followed them down the trail. It couldn't have been more than 100 from the car. I noticed more trash all over the place, but it took a minute to register what I was actually seeing. Someone had collected old, discarded children's toys from the landfill and tied them to the trees all around the trail. Some were hanging from nooses. Others were tied to trees. They all had their bellies cut open and eyes cut out or removed. Probably 2030 that we noticed, representing hours of mutilating child's toys. Creepy as F. This encounter happened many years ago when I was 15 years old. I only recently started reading information on the internet describing this creature, and now have a desire to tell my story. This encounter happened at my grandparents' lake cabin, south of the town of Danbury, Wisconsin, east of Highway 35 around Devil's Lake. My background has always been the great outdoors, playing and exploring in the woods. During this time period, I was very comfortable going out by myself for all-day adventures. On the night of this encounter, I had gone to sleep around 10 p.m. It was in the summer, so no school. This night was warm, so I had the bedroom window slightly cracked for some air circulation, and to hear the crickets and outside noises. This always would put me to sleep every time because, like I said earlier, I was very comfortable in the woods and nothing was out of the ordinary that night. Now, at the time, my grandparents' bedroom was on the other side of the cabin. They also had a black Labrador retriever that always slept in my room. Most of the time, this fact will come into the story later on. I had fallen asleep like I always did at this cabin. Hours later... I never knew exactly what time it was, but it was late and everyone was asleep. I suddenly awoke feeling something was wrong. Being still groggy, the first thing I noticed was that nothing outside was making any noise at all. No crickets, frogs, whip, poor wills, nothing but total silence. I held my breath for a minute, listening very intently. Mm, thinking that was very odd, I moved my head to see the door of the bedroom. The night light from the hallway was giving a slight glow, and I could see that my grandparents' dog was not laying in his normal spot on the floor or any place in my room. I guess maybe two, three minutes had passed, and then I heard it, a sound that 
To me, it sounded like a raccoon or some other animal scratching the outside of the cabin. This continued, and my mind wondered what the heck could have been making that noise. It was still totally silent, except that scratching noise that began to move down the wall closer to the window of the bedroom. So I turned my attention to the window. It was very dark outside, but I could still make out the slight silhouette of the trees and the branches up high. All at once, the scratching stopped. I strained to adjust my eyes, and that's when it stepped out of the shadows and blocked out the view of the trees. It was huge. No animal I knew of or could envision was standing in my view. I couldn't make out any features of its body, but I could see the distinct ears of a canine on a large head. Then I saw its eyes and was paralyzed with fear. It was hunched down, looking in the window. Its eyes were a glowing amber color and blinked every ten to fifteen seconds. My mind was racing. Can it see me? What's it going to do? What am I going to do? A chill went down my spine. I could hear it breathing. It let out an exhale that was deep, but not overly loud. Then it began to sniff the air. I could hear it clearly only being around ten to twelve feet away from it. About thirty seconds elapsed, which felt like forever to me, but looking back it was not much time at all. The creature then began to show its teeth, almost like a grin of satisfaction that it had scared me so badly. Time stood still, then it stood up off its haunches, erect like a man, and walked off, away from the window in the direction of the lake. I knew this was my chance, so I jumped out of bed, into the hallway, away from the window, and began to breathe heavy, because I think I held my breath for over two minutes. I looked into the living room and could see the dog standing totally still, in a rigid posture, hair standing on end with a slight growl looking at the deck window. I turned to the hall closet and grabbed my twenty-gauge shotgun and loaded it. It was only a single shot, but it was better than nothing, I thought to myself while I was trying to catch my breath. Then I realized if it wanted to come into the house, it could easily do it by breaking the glass on the deck patio. If it did that, I had no place to go because I was trapped in between my bedroom and that patio window to my grandparents' room, where my grandfather had a deer rifle that I couldn't get to. I stood waiting for around five minutes and nothing happened. The dog seemed to calm down and walked over to me and sat down, wanting to get his head scratched. I thought about waking up my grandparents and telling them what I had seen, but at the time didn't think they would believe me. After all, I couldn't believe it myself, so I calmed down and went back into my bedroom, pulled the covers off the bed, and slept on the floor with the gun and dog at the ready in a half-sleep for the rest of the night. This encounter had scared me so bad I didn't want to even get close to the window to close it all the way that night for fear of that thing coming back. I waited until dawn before I closed and locked it. Once daylight was in full force, I went outside to see if I could find any scratches on the wall or anything else, like footprints. I didn't find anything at all and was starting to wonder if I was going crazy. No, that thing was real. I continued to sleep on the floor for around a week before I felt it was okay to sleep in my bed again but that window stayed closed and locked ever since. I didn't have any other encounters with a dogman after that incident, and the memory was put out of my mind over time until recently. I was reading encounters on your website and saw that two other people had an encounter in the same area as me. 
When I saw their encounters, I decided to share my experience. You don't know what true primal fear is until you see one of these things and are face to face with one. I never want to experience it again. I'm a rancher in Oklahoma. Frog hogs are a problem in this area. I live north of the Red River on the Oklahoma side, close to West Cacheet Creek. One night a friend called me to go pigs hunting with him on one of his friend's fields that is getting destroyed by pigs. Here in Oklahoma it is legal to hunt pigs and coyotes with thermal scopes. Feral pigs are mainly active at night. We rode by the river, then walked possibly 150 yards and set up behind a fallen log. We sat and waited. It was a beautiful calm night, and moonlight made visibility excellent even without the thermal. After maybe thirty minutes we heard this screaming. It was very loud, we looked at each other, thinking it was a possible cougar, but couldn't tell exactly where it came from. When we heard a pig squeal to our right, in my head I was thinking a big cat caught a pig. I looked through my thermal. I froze. An eight to ten foot tall creature had this pig in its hands. It wasn't a small pig, maybe 200 to 250 pounds, and it was squealing and fighting the strength and size of this thing. It was amazing. It had a long beard, dog-like snout, and hairy. But in my thermal, the images are white. So as far as the color, I'm not sure. As I was watching this thing, it literally ripped the pig in half with its bare hands like a sheet of paper and threw it on the ground. It started walking towards us. I nearly crapped myself. I literally froze. I couldn't pull the trigger. In my mind, I was telling my hand to pull the trigger, but I physically couldn't. Then, all of a sudden, a massive log, maybe thirty feet long, two to three foot round, flew over the top of us. I jumped up and ran. My buddy was right behind me. We got in my all-terrain vehicle. I started it and held my foot to the floor. We were traveling about 60 miles per hour. It'll run 80 miles per hour, but don't believe it was a top speed yet. We busted through the gate to the pasture. I didn't even have a thought of getting out and opening it. We hit a ditch and went airborne and started to do a front roll, thinking this is going to hurt. The next thing I remember, we were sitting still, not moving and not hurt. We were sitting next to my pickup and trailer. What the hell? We loaded it up and went to his house in silence. Not a word was said. We pulled up to his house. We went inside. His wife asked, What's wrong with you guys? You look like you've seen a ghost. Where are your guns? I said I think that it can keep the guns. I never even realized our guns were left laying by the stump, but I didn't care. I was glad to be out of there. I live about 40 miles from him. Now, this is the creepiest part. When I parked the truck and walked to my front door, I noticed something in my yard. About 20 yards from the front door is that rifle I left down at the river. Holy crap! That thing knows where I live. It's 40 miles away. Nothing's happened since then, but I don't go out at dark unless I absolutely have to and haven't been back to that creek or river since, and I don't plan to. But I do feel something unnatural saved us that night. I grew up around Point Pleasant. As a kid, the Mothman was ubiquitous. 
Everyone had a story. Relatives, neighbors, friends, brothers, roommates. You get the idea. Just hearing about it always gave me the chill. My parents divorced when I was young, and me and my mom eventually moved out of Point Pleasant. I was an only child, and I'd spent summers with my dad. I loved them, but I didn't feel like I was that connected with them back then. He used to take me camping a lot. He was an outdoorsman, and he loved introducing me to the beauty of nature. It was okay, but honestly, I would have rather watched movies or played video games. During one of our trips, I wandered from our site to gather wood for a fire. The sun had already gone down, and it was getting pretty dark. I wandered a bit too far, and as I looked around, I didn't see my dad or our Ted. That's when I heard this strange clicking sound coming from up in the trees. I looked up and froze, dropping the sticks in my hands. The shadowy figure was perched high in the branches, maybe about twenty feet up. Two glowing red eyes pierced the darkness, staring right at me. They were big and round, and I remember being held under their spell like I was hypnotized or something. I was convinced it was the Mothman. The branches creaked as the creature stood up and spread its massive wings. It swooped down from the tree, shrieking. I docked and covered my eyes and felt this gust of wind as it skimmed over me. I stayed curled up in a ball, screaming, until I felt my dad pick me up and hug me. Said it was the Mothman as I sobbed uncontrollably. He calmed me down and we walked back to our tent where he cooked us dinner of hot dogs and canned beans. We ate in silence and he could tell that I was still bothered by the experience. We heard an owl in the trees, and he said a lot of times owls are mistaken for the Mothman. He took out a flashlight and shined it around the trees, trying to find the owl. Sure enough, he caught it, and its eyes reflected this orange-red glow. The owl flew off after being identified, but I was sure the creature I saw was much bigger. I asked them what the Mothman was. He thought for a moment, then he said it was a force of nature that we just don't understand. But it shouldn't be feared. Instead, it should be revered and respected. I never heard of the Mothman described that way, and I asked him if he ever saw it himself. He paused, thoughtful. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He smiled and shook his head no. Normally after dinner we'd stargaze and my dad would point out the constellations. But I just went into the tent and tried to go to sleep. That night I had a horrible dream with a vivid imagery of fire broken glass and twisted metal. At the time, I had no idea what it meant, but it was so real, I woke up screaming. Once again, my dad had to calm me down when I told him about my dream. He gave me a strange look. We weren't scheduled to leave until the following afternoon, but I was so unnerved I begged him to go home early. 
My dad was a good sport and didn't complain. As we packed up our stuff, I felt guilty and apologized for ruining the trip. He reassured me that everything would be okay, and that we'd make up for it with the movie night. As soon as we got onto Route 62, I felt much better. The next day, we were watching TV in the afternoon, and a breaking news story interrupted the program. Apparently, there was a major pileup on Route 62. After a big rig overturned, several cars were involved and there were fatalities. It stopped traffic in both directions for hours. My dad commented that it happened on the same route that we took home. If we stuck to our schedule and left the campground when we were originally supposed to, we very well could have been involved in that accident. They continued watching the news in silence before finally turning to me and admitting that he did see the Mothman once when he was in high school. At least he thought he did. He and some friends were driving along Route 62 one night. They were drag racing. He knew it was a stupid thing to do, but they were just teenagers. Suddenly, a winged creature started following them. No matter how fast they drove, it easily kept up. He said it was dark and that he couldn't make out its features. But he never forgot its large, glowing eyes. He and his friends slowed down and the creature disappeared. That night he had a dream exactly like the one I had. He thought it was a warning and vowed never to race again. Unfortunately, his friend died in a car wreck a few weeks later while drag racing. One of the things that you hear about the Mothman is that he brings doom, like the infamous Silver Bridge collapse in 1967. That more or less introduced him. While some blamed him for that event and other tragedies over the years, my dad believed that the Mothman was just an omen. How you interpret it is entirely up to you. I know some will say he's evil personified, a servant of the devil or something like that. I don't think he's good or evil, he just is. He doesn't pick sides. But if you see him set aside your fear and pay attention to what he's trying to tell you, I don't know what I actually saw that night in the forest. It was dark and my overactive kid imagination immediately saw a monster. But, like my dad said and even proved, it could have been an owl. I can't help but think that the signing in my dreams were the Mothman trying to warn me. Just like he warned my dad, I wondered how many other people he appeared to. And how many of them listen? The relationship between me and my dad changed that summer. We became closer. I guess sharing bizarre experiences will do that. I haven't seen the Mothman since, but I haven't been afraid either. My dad is old now, and we don't go camping like we used to, but I cherish every moment with him. In some way, the Mothman taught me that life is fleeting and never take it for granted. My husband and I frequent a local weekly farmer's market. We generally start up at the top building so we can run to use the bathroom. I stand patiently outside and wait. I am a anxious and empathetic person, so I try to just keep to myself as I wait. So I'm just standing there probably staring at the floor or something and this guy comes out of the bathroom and just stands beside me okay whatever i look up and he looks at me and says going to be a full moon tonight said something else about luck and i just kind of stood there looking at him husband comes out of the bathroom and we head off 
A short while later, this man and another man walked by. The man who spoke to me earlier looked my way, said something to the other guy I couldn't catch, and said I'd know her anywhere. Oh, next up, I travel a lot, and we like to visit odd places. We stopped at this radio place a older woman walked people through. Her husband had collected them and had passed away. There was a smaller shed building and then a garage. I had gone in the shed just a moment, then left my husband to go back to the truck. After a short while, him and the woman came out of the shed. She walked over to me with hands cupped, kind of shyly, and said she had a gift for me. I said, oh yeah, a gift, and put my hands out in front of her where she placed a beaded Christmas spider. She didn't really say much other than there's info online about them. I got out of the truck to follow them along in the garage. I had the gift in my hand. I swear when I walked through that garage, I felt all these tiny little spiderweb threads tickling my legs and arms. I was brushing at my leg as though to well brush it away. No one else seemed to notice. Even after going back outside, I had mentioned it to my husband. He brushed me off like I did the webs. It was grayish or white, and it happened in Iron River, Michigan, Mineral Hills, where I was born and raised. Also, there was talk of alien abduction in the 70s, 80s. Where I am not discounting this has happened to myself or my family, it was like 11 p.m. or midnight in 1997 or 1998, and it was not a large owl, it was far bigger. We were about to drive down a hill, and there it was, out of nowhere, like it swooped down in front of the car. I want to say from one wing to the end of the next, likely eight, ten feet wide. We both screamed, and it flew into the darkness to our old mining grounds. It's almost like it came from behind us and then swooped in front of our vehicle. All I can say is that it seemed whitish-gray, and I'm not sure about the legs or feet. All I know is it was like a human, like body, and then a humongous wingspan, far larger than an owl. It is just like if my husband, who is six foot one, would be flying and have a huge wingspan. When asked by the investigator if she had previously had any encounters, the witness stated that she had not. The witness then stated that a friend of hers had reminded her that they had another encounter approximately two weeks after the initial encounter. My friend reminded me there was a second time within weeks of that first encounter. It was flying above our old village hall, again late at night, and immediately flew out of sight. We were almost at her house and she screamed, saying, There it is again, then flew off. Both were very fast encounters we never investigated further. I was hiking in the Cascades in Willamette National Forest, Oregon. It was a remote area of the range. On the seventh day of my hike, the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up. I chalked it up to be a mountain lion in the area. But the weird thing was the uneasy feeling never left. That night I set up camp, planning to stay put for a few days. That is when I heard the strange howling. It wasn't wolves or bears or any other animal I had ever heard. 
The closest thing I could relate it to is the noises primates make. This persisted for the next few nights. Something started rummaging through my campsite soon after. I assumed it was a bear or raccoon. But then on the ninth day, I woke up and my food bag was removed from the tree. Something had cut the line through. All my food was gone. I decided to break camp and push forward. I had a few days left until the end of the trail. I could always fish for food. The same nightly activities occurred on the eleventh night. By that time, I was sure that I was being followed. Something started throwing rocks at my tent. For some reason, I lost it. I screamed into the darkness for whatever it was to leave me alone, hoping it was just some person fucking with me and maybe they'd leave me the hell alone. Instead, it grew quiet for the first time in nights. Nothing could be heard. Then a scream louder and more vicious than any other night cut through the silence. Then nothing, complete and utter silence again. Despite it being quiet, I wasn't able to sleep that night. I just waited. The next day, I continued my hike, dead tired, just wanting to get out. The hair on the back of my neck still standing, and the forest was still quiet. I felt like I was being hunted. Towards the end of the day, I sat down to rest before pushing a few more miles when I saw it. Something tall and large, bigger than any man or animal I had seen, sliding through the forest, not making a noise, I yelled at it. It turned to look at me. I never got a good look at it through the trees and the brush, and it was dark. I threw a rock at it and then pulled my knife. This thing just kept staring at me. I don't know what kicked in, but I no longer felt scared. Damn it, I was angry and I bluffed, charged at the thing. It stepped back a few steps, then stopped. I yelled again. This time it took off running to my left. It had long strides and was quite agile. I was very tired and made camp there. A night of silence. When I woke up the next day, I knew that I had about ten miles until the end of the trail. Exhausted, hungry, and mentally drained, I made my way out. As I got closer and closer to the end of the trail, the typical forest noises returned. I no longer had this feeling of unease. I got to the trail's end and sat in my car. I was an emotional wreck. I believe that I was stalked by a Sasquatch, but I just don't know. I told a park ranger about it, and he jokingly said they have a bunch of Sasquatch sightings in the area, but most likely it was my own imagination. I still do a lot of long hikes, but that trip was by far the worst. I've always loved the forest. It's where I feel most at home. That's why I became a park ranger, to protect and preserve these lands. But one day, something strange happened. I was walking along the forest trail, keeping an eye on things like I usually do, when I saw a group of men in black suits walking towards me. They had no park ranger uniforms, but they had badges and ID cards that identified them as some kind of government agents. They said they were conducting a routine investigation and asked me to show them around. At first, I didn't think much of it. I figured they were just here to check on the animals or the trees or something like that. But as I watched them work, something about their behavior started to bother me. They were searching for something. Something elusive, something unknown. 
and they weren't telling me what it was. I asked them what they were looking for, and they told me it was just a routine check. But I knew they were lying. They were hiding something sinister, and I was determined to find out what it was. One night, I decided to follow them. They were searching for something deep in the woods. Something that made my blood run cold. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. A low growl, almost like an animal, but something more. Something inhuman. I confronted them, demanding to know what they were doing. That's when they turned on me. They threatened me with jail time if I didn't back off. They said I was interfering with a government investigation and that I had no right to be here. But I couldn't back down. I couldn't let them find whatever it was they were looking for. So I kept following them, watching them from the shadows. As the days went on, their behavior grew more and more erratic. They stopped sleeping, stopped eating, stopped doing anything but searching for that thing in the woods. And as they got closer, I could feel something dark and sinister looming over us, something that had been sleeping for far too long. Finally, one night, they found it. I don't know what it was, but it was huge, with eyes that glowed like fire in the dark. They tried to catch it, to contain it, but it was too powerful. It broke free from their grasp, and chaos erupted. I ran as fast as I could, but I could hear their screams echoing through the forest, a sound that still haunts me to this day. I don't know what they unleashed, but I know it was something far beyond our understanding, something that should have stayed hidden in the darkness. Now I'm afraid to go back to the forest. I can't shake the feeling that something is watching me, waiting for me. And I know that those men in black, they were hiding something that should never have been found. Something that will haunt me forever. During 2019, I ran my own ride service. Think of Lyft or Uber. Not a promotion. That's what I did. I did not work for either of those companies. I did this on my own independently as a means to get some extra money on the side. Now that I look back on it, it was totally more of a social experiment than anything. I had presented myself and my vehicle information to all of the local police departments, as with the state police of my area, and so they knew who I was if I seemed suspicious. Driving around late at night in the different areas. They were on board with it, and so was I, and I began this short stint of a positive public service. That's where this begins. Aside from the occasional troublesome passenger, nothing out of the norm really happened. You know the saying, they only come out at night. This is very much true. I began this experiment in the late summer of 2018, and by February 2019, I was definitely deciding on putting an end to it. I don't remember the specific day, but it was mid-February and after 2 a.m. It was very cold, if not at or below freezing. I was finishing up a route that typically consisted of those needing a ride home from a night at the bar. I didn't have many passengers that night, so I decided to wrap it up and head home. I was leaving a neighboring town that's only about two miles from my own, sitting at a stoplight in an intersection, when the sudden impulse to take an alternate way home came over. A road that cut up over a hill through the woods and semicircled back to the same highway had I not gone that direction in the first place. I was tired, 
Yet I debated with myself as to whether or not I should. I didn't have long until the light would turn green, and finally I said expletive. I chose to take the road that went straight, instead of the usual one to the left. Why not? I do like a good little adventure now and then. There's where I made my mistake. To a degree. I crossed the highway and went up the hill, and I hadn't driven very far until I was met by a pair of glowing greenish-yellow eyes. First thought, dear, naturally I stopped. I was no more than thirty feet from it when panic began to set in. It wasn't a deer. Whatever it was, it was lying on its side, looking up the hill. It turned its head to look at me, and that's when I thought it to be a large dog instead of a deer. It was solid black in color, and then it proceeded to sit up on its haunches, very much like how a person would. At that point, I truthfully believed it to be some species of ape or large monkey. Let's pause. Whatever this thing was, it was very difficult to determine its shape, despite the fact that my high beams were shining directly on it. It wasn't that it was amorphous. It was to the fact that it was blacker than the black of night. When it sat up on its haunches, it continued to alter its focus from looking up the hill to looking toward my car back and forth like I caught it by surprise. It then stood up on two feet when I got the best view of it. It was approximately six feet tall, built and shaped in every way a human man is, head, neck, shoulders, arms, hands, torso, legs, and feet. It had no distinguishing features other than it looked like a living silhouette, or a person dressed in nothing but a solid one-piece black spandex bodysuit. I knew it couldn't be the latter, for what person would wear that in the freezing cold of mid-February. Don't answer that. There was no texture to its appearance. No hair, no horns, no fur. Just the blacker-than-night, silhouette-like shape with the two glowing greenish-yellow eyes. It made no sound whatsoever, but looked as if it was deciding on what it wanted to do since my sudden arrival to where it was. I saw this thing for a grand total of what I will guess to be between one and two minutes. It stood frozen in its stance before suddenly turning to the right, walking and stepping over a guardrail into the woods. My heart was racing. I was mortified. Despite this, I summoned the courage to drive to the very spot where it had been standing. One foot on the brake, the other on the gas. I rolled down my passenger side window to see if I would see it again or hear it or smell anything. Nothing. Not even the crack of a fallen branch or underbrush. Needless to say, I didn't stay there very long. I punched it up over the hill, covering all about an additional one hundred feet when I met by a second set of reflective eyes. Another expletive, I'm sure. I'm trapped. Either this thing is circled around to being in front of me again, or there's more than one. I know I'm not going to be the next one taken to my death, dragged off somewhere in the woods, never to be seen again. So I give the gas pedal another punch. I'll either hit or run this thing over or die trying. I come to a sudden stop in my realization that the second pair of reflective eyes is actually a person. A man roughly my age, wearing glasses, toting a large laundry bag and basket. Quickly, I roll my passenger window down again and give the man a rather fast-paced explanation of who I am, what I do, and why he should enter my vehicle. Sir, I don't mean to alarm you. My name is X, 
I offer rides for people who need them. The local police already know about me. This is not a trick or an attack. I'm not going to hurt you, but you are not safe right now. You need to get in my car immediately. Something to that effect, but spoken a lot faster than what you can probably read it. Without question, he nodded yes. I unlocked my doors. He loaded his laundry into the back seat, and we were off. After he was in my car, I proceeded to tell him what I had just seen moments before. He lost the color in his face, but was on the complete level of understanding the situation. He went on to tell me that he had finished doing his laundry, though I don't know what laundromat closes that late, and that he was walking to his home that wasn't far from where we were. He asked me what I saw. The second time, and after listening, he calmly offered that it could have been Bigfoot. I told him I don't know what it was, but whatever it was. <sighs> it was watching him, studying him. That's when it sank into both of us. Had I not listened to my impulse to take another way home, who knows what that thing may have done to him on the dark wooded road. The rest of the ride was silent. I dropped him off at his house. He unloaded his laundry and thanked me. He offered me some money for the ride, but I declined it. <laughs> I knew it wasn't right for me to take it, considering what had happened. We parted ways, and I returned to my own home very much confused as to what I witnessed. Since then, people have told me I have seen a shadow man figure, a demon, a skinwalker, a slender man, a rake, a crawler, or an alien. More times than not, I still get the possible idea that it could have been a Sasquatch, or juvenile Sasquatch, and I don't know. But I will go on to include that if I personally believed it to be one, knowing full well what one is with all of the descriptions that entail. I would state that I thought it was a Bigfoot. I sometimes still take that road even though that happened four years ago. Almost daring myself if I will or won't see that creature again.